Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Too Scared to Sleep. My name is Dylan. Jesus Christ. He hates it. I know, I hate, I hate that. And now we're about to start another power hour on WKRX, Greater, Greater Cincinnati. Cincinnati. All the metal hits. Hail Satan. Fuck, anyway. I love how good we are at that. I know. It's too bad that's not a real thing. It's just made up. Anyway, we're gonna I, do it. We're gonna do it eventually. I'm I wanted invest in that shit. Yeah, I know. I wanted to do a little uh, origin story for people who just started listening. Uh, okay. Yeah. Dylan and I have known each other for like seven years. I, I remember it's been seven years because my daughter is actually seven years old, and we met before she was born. Oh shit! Wait, we met before your daughter was born? Pretty sure we were both working at Harbor Freight. Yeah. Okay, Dang. so. Dylan was working right out of college, out of high school, and um, I took a job as a night manager at Harbor Freight on top of my other regular job. And so we started hanging out, and Dylan, I'm 42, and Dylan is 23. 23. So um, it just got, it was one of those things where we would hang out together and close the store, but we started talking about spooky shit and paranormal stuff and realized that we wanted to put together a podcast. And so that's what we did. The very first, I remember we were, I was trying to justify um, using money to buy podcast equipment. And so I went and donated plasma. Which was very appreciated. Multiple times. Yes. Because I, only I can donate, out of the two of us, only I am eligible to donate plasma. So actually, when we first started, there was three of us. It was you, me, and Annabelle. Mm -hmm. And me and Annabelle both have autoimmune diseases and, like, fucked up shit in our system. And we can't donate blood or plasma or anything. Nobody wants our shit. So it came down to me. So it was all on Jake. And it was very appreciated. Yeah. And that was when we bought our first stuff. So if you go back and listen to season one, you'll hear Annabelle. And you'll also yeah. hear how terrible we sound because we didn't really know what we were doing when it came to production value and sound and stuff. And we just kind of picked it up on the way. Yeah. But look at us now. We're moving. We're grooving. We're look movers. We're shakers. Look at us. Look Who would have thought? Not me. Not me. Oh my god, it's so great. <laughs> anyway, uh, the other thing that we really like, other than paranormal and spooky shit and disgusting stuff, is that we really like movies. And so if we get yeah, on we a do. if we get on a tangent talking about a movie, you just have to bear with us. Yeah. Um, because it really is our first love. Uh, we would oh, love, yeah. We would love to do that. Um, Dylan, you went to the dentist and you showed me an X-ray of all of your teeth. Yeah. And I could see. On the x-ray, I could see the thing, that piece of metal through your yeah. lip, the piece of metal through your nose, and I could see your gauges. Yeah. Oh, it was so gross to see you all in x-ray black and white. In it. I'll, fuck it, I'll post it on Instagram, too, if y'all want to see it. Um, yeah, I had to go to the dentist and do, like, full x-ray because I was doing a consultation for, um, like, a full removal and replacement, like, full mouth. Um that's not gonna happen for a fat minute because for full mouth that shit forty nine thousand dollars i can i know where you can get a full mouth for forty nine dollars i don't like that i don't think you, it's the same thing I don't, no I don't not think the same thing you think it is mm -mm. no i don't i don't <laughs> want to know that one you can you can just keep that to your monday nights um but yeah i went there um oh wait that's not full mouth that's full oral sorry oh, jesus christ um anyway <laughs> To do full mouth, it'll be like $49,000. To do just like the top row, um, it would be like $27,000. are not you glad you live in the United States of America? Literally not a single The greatest country in the world. Yeah. Awful. The most wonderful healthcare system on the planet. Um, but yeah, so... Fuck I don't know. this place. If, uh, if we have any super rich followers or listeners that just, yeah, that just decide, you know what? 
I got I got some extra fifty thousand I could throw your way. Yeah, Dylan needs new teeth. I desperately need new teeth. When I post the X-ray, you guys are gonna see. I've got so many broken teeth. It is a lot. It's I'm not bad. sure it's how just, Dylan keeps breaking his teeth, but I just feel bad for you. It's because well, you have an autoimmune disease. Yeah, it's the lupus and the medication I used to be on. It just got it all sorts of fucky in there. I'm sorry, Dylan. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Hey, I'm on better news, the Earth is trying to kill us. Oh, that's so much better. I was going to tell you, there's this town. Oh, I know there's this town in New Mexico called Las Vegas, New Mexico, um, and they only have 30 days of fresh, of clean, drinkable water left. Um, they are in a crisis because God. obviously overpopulation, overuse, that's one thing. Um, the fact that we uh, have climate change just barreling down on us has caused a drought. Oh, yeah. And now there's a forest fire closing in on them. And they're having to use fresh water to try to stop the forest fire. And the ash and soot runoff is going to start contaminating their water soon. And so they have 30 days of fresh water left. It's fucking insane. And we got horses dropping dead in the street in Times Square in New York City. Yeah. Um, you've got birds falling out of the air in India because it's 114 degrees. And India is the kind of t- country where nobody's got fucking air conditioning. They're just burning no. alive out there. I mean, they 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 use the same river, unfortunately, to shit and drink and bathe and launder their clothes in the same fucking river rivers fucking awful because it's a you know there's part of the part of the country is very undeveloped and it's just disgusting yeah that 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 it's so undeveloped and that there's a crisis not that it's i mean there's nothing else that they can do what are they going to do yeah that's how they live that's that's the that's the world that they live in of course you know it's like but again you know then you got elon musk who has enough money to send himself to fucking space yeah I'm not doing anything about it because, of course, not because that's America. That's capitalism. It's super fun. Mm-hmm. We love it so much. Yeah. Um, wow, the vibes are rancid for the I'm start sorry. of this episode. I'm sorry, I had nothing else to talk uh, about. No, that's. I mean, it, it's whatever. It's, Have you been uh, up to anything this week? I, I I've been watching. I watched Sandman. I watched Sandman too, and the hair on my chest keeps growing back, and oh. it itches like a motherfucker. Yeah, that's gonna be fun for a while. Yeah, that's just great times. The Sandman was so. The Sandman good. was fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So fucking good. For anybody who doesn't know, fucking watch it. It's on Netflix. Everybody has fucking Netflix. If you don't, steal your fucking mom's Netflix password and go watch the fucking Sandman. It's that's all. Do the shit. Yeah, it's Do it. really good. It's perfect. Even if you've never read the comic book, graphic novel, yeah, still watch it. But it is almost like a one-to-one adaptation of the comic, which is fucking great. Um, because almost nobody fucking does that. Like, the only time I've seen anything Watchmen. do that level. Watchmen was pretty close, but it deviated a good bit. But Sin City? No, that's That's true. a fucking... That is still, shot like, the shot. most comic-accurate comic book movie yeah because they came to frank miller and they were like do you have storyboards he's like i don't fucking need storyboards yeah here's your fucking storyboard and he handed him fucking sin city Uh that's all you fucking need um my god can we talk about ezra miller there for a minute oh jesus okay so i am so frustrated with them it's been obvious for like a year that ezra miller is in crisis yeah some sort of mental illness crisis and apparently nobody could get a handle on them um they're choking people out in iceland they're kidnapping people in vermont breaking into people's houses in hawaii Hawaii. yeah and it's like someone needs to no someone needs to like 
just get to get to so Ezra Miller to and remind them Ezra. of the truckload of money that they have been paid to be in the Fantastic Beasts series and also the DC Cinematic Universe. Yeah. This is on like the cusp of the Flash coming out. You would think that they would be like Ezra, buddy, mm-hmm. if you could just give it 6 months to just calm the fuck down. Like we thought that Shia La- remember when Shia LaBeouf was 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 melting down during the Transformers days? And that wasn't even that bad. There was I know it wasn't that, comparatively when we thought we no. thought that that was something. Um at one point Shia LaBeouf got so drunk that he rolled his SUV and fucked up his hand and had to have reconstructive surgery and that's why in one of the scenes of one of the Transformers they actually have him wrap up his hand like he gets injured in the movie and he goes the rest of the time with a wrap and it was because that was how they that was how they affected it but Ezra Miller has melted down on another level and I got got nothing fucking Chernobyl shit right now I got nothing from I got nothing but sympathy for people who have severe mental issues and it's really difficult and I'm sure it's really hard to get a handle on it when you've got that much money because you can just have people around who are going to either enable it or you're going to have people who can just run from it. I mean, you think about like the, the common the common person who has a relative who has severe mental issues like that. It's really hard. You know, everybody's got their lives. Everybody's got full-time jobs. Everybody's got kids. Nobody has, you know, hardly anybody has the time to stop their life and go and help their cousin or their brother or their their dad and just like i'm this is my life now to help you with your mental health issues and you make it worse you've got a guy who can fly to vermont who's got a house in vermont who can go to iceland who can go to hawaii and just be like all over the place being this agent of chaos in the world yeah and just fucking out of nowhere like i don't know if somebody just fucking manchurian candidate like strung together the right code phrase that fucking set them off but like they have been on a fucking warpath um, but they did announce recently that they were getting help, like trying to <laughs> I deal acknowledge with, that I'm dealing yeah, with some severe, severe mental. Uh, and we're like, yeah, no shit, Ezra. Shit, yeah. Get some help. Yeah, we fucking know. We've all been waiting and seeing. And it's like they already canceled the Batgirl movie. Yeah. And then, then they were like, we're not sure what they're going to. We were really we were worried as moviegoers that they were going to cancel the Flash movie. That would really suck for Michael Keaton to have like to finally after fucking 40 years to come back as the Batman and then both of the times that you show up they're like eh never mind bud you can go home it's okay I mean he gets paid either way so like I'm sure he doesn't give two shits Um, it definitely looks like Affleck's Batman is coming back also known as uh, Zack Snyder's Batman, also known as the Lord God's Batman. Yes, the one true Batman. The one true Batman, as God intended. God intended that Batman. The biblical Batman. Batman, I don't care what everybody says, I have respect for anybody who's ever played Batman, but when you see when you see um, six foot four, two something pound Batman in Batman versus Superman or Justice League, that's that's the way that Batman was written. Not the best batman both in terms of like yeah not five acting. foot nine real slim michael keaton batman or uh-uh. six foot six foot tall real slim christian bale batman no, this even is robert like, pattinson who was skinny too like this guy fucking monster this is the frank miller batman mm-hmm. the fucking massive muscles on muscles like i said the batman that the lord god intended for god us to see right that's right and the fucking the suit Oh my god, the the best fucking Batman suit too, because it's the only one that like of the modern movies that has kept like the the cloth look, and they haven't made it like all armor, which I mean, don't get me wrong, 
I like the suits. Like fucking uh, Robert Pattinson's bat suit. Very practical. Great. Yeah, very cool. I loved that shit. Um, but it's, it's, you, you just can't beat the the Ben Affleck one. No, it's just perfect all the way like around. Said, the Lord God's Batman. The Lord God's Batman. That's right. Some uh, days, so yeah, we're nerds. <laughs> Obviously, we're nerds. Some days, I wish that I could believe in a benevolent being up in the air that, like, you know, meant something to me, and I mean something to him, and he's actually there, and he's looking out for me. But you look around in the world, and you're like, there's no one up there running the show. <laughs> no, not in this multiverse. It is just, it's all crazy. I have nothing else to talk about. We just saw each other. Nothing else is going on. I know. Everything is fucking boring. All I do is work. All you do is work, 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 and put tattoos on people. I did. I did do... Did you see the one I did Sunday? The Fallen Angel thing with the tear? No. It was on the same girl that I did that one on, but no, this was uh, different. It was like the skull thing? thing? Yes. Yeah. Dude, I really liked how that came out. Everything was working really well for me on that He's an amazing tattoo artist. Thank you so much. You're going to flash the people? I'm trying to. Yeah. It's all in there. Yeah. It's good. I tell people that the heart is for my son, and the stars for my daughter, and the orange flame is for Boomer. Love that. It's perfect. In order of importance for my life. (laughs) That's right. Amen, brother. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. Let's just get going. Um, What's our timestamp? Uh, Campbell timestamp is going to be 1330. 1330. That's not so bad. That's not too bad. We'll shave off four minutes and talking bullshit. Yeah, we're never going to not talk bullshit. So, right. you know. Write that down. Campbell timestamp. I have a friend named Campbell, and he messaged me one time, and he's like, I really like the podcast, but you guys talk about bullshit for so many minutes, and I have to like fast forward. And I'm like, don't fast forward through the good parts. Come for the gossip. Stay for the gore. A um, fucking men. Then I was like, from now on, we're just going to call him out every episode and put a Campbell timestamp and just put it out there. So that's what that's for. Do you so want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So I am bringing something a little fun, a little funky. Okay. Haven't done one of these in a, in a fat minute. We got a grand mystery for you. It is January 2nd, 1935, and the well-dressed young man enters the lobby of the Hotel President in Kansas City. He has a scar on the left side of his face and a cauliflower ear, and he checks in under the name Roland T. Owen. God, it's gotta be a serial killer. Carrying with him no luggage, only a comb, a toothbrush, and toothpaste. That's it. Travels light. And the fucking... The shirt on his back. You know what this reminds me of? A neo. This reminds me of Modern Gods. American Gods. American Gods. Another good show. Stop it! Stop! 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 We're gonna get. We're gonna get off on that. I'm not gonna do that. Um, Watch American Gods too. Read American Gods. Um, Anyway, man checks in. The bellboy Randall Propst makes a mental note of how strange it is that this man doesn't have anything on him, but leads the guest to his room. Who Number am I to judge? 1046. Okay. Just like normal. It's just a regular day at the hotel, whatever. Later, in that afternoon, still January 2nd, 1935, the hotel maid, named Mary Soptic, on her usual rounds, finds the door mm-hmm. to room 1048 locked, or I'm sorry, 1046, locked from the outside. Assuming nobody was in the room, she enters to clean and finds inside Mr. Roland T. Owen sitting on the bed, alone, fully dressed, with 
all the lights except for a dim bedside lamp turned off. Mm. But after being given the okay to clean, she completes her tasks, remarking that Owen had a strange, almost frightened look on his dimly lit face and a letter on the nightstand next to him reading, Don, I will be back in 15 minutes. Wait. This is creepy. And all he asked of Soapdick was that she leave the door unlocked as he was waiting for a friend to show up. The last thing that Soapdick heard while she was in the room was Owen on the phone speaking low, saying to the person on the other side, No, Don, I don't want to eat. I am not hungry. I just had breakfast. No, I am not hungry. I'm not okay with any of this. Oh, it gets worse. The next afternoon, on January 3rd, Soptic returned back to the room to deliver some fresh towels, finding the door locked. As she knocked, she was greeted by the voice of a new man who spoke in a deep voice, asking what she wanted. She told this man that she was bringing fresh towels and he said that they didn't need any, which she remarked as being weird considering she knew that there were no towels in that room. Okay. <clears throat> Um, later that day, uh, the, let's see, okay. later that day, it was revealed that some of the surrounding neighbors in the rooms there, um, had reportedly heard shouting from the man with the deep voice and a woman's voice as well. God. There's only one person, but it's, it's, there's two people inhabiting one body. <laughs> and the following day, January 4th, day two of his stay at the hotel, the hotel switchboard operator noticed that the receiver was off the hook in room 1046 and asked Propst to check on the resident. So, Propst grabs his his things that he do, I don't know, straightens up his uniform, looking tidy, looking fresh, heads on up there, sees the do not disturb sign on the door, but despite this, uh, attempts to open the door, knocks on it, um, finds that there is... Uh, or finds that the door is locked and hears Owen from inside beckon him inside and ask him to turn on the light. But he tries the door again and notices that it's still locked. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. he knocks on the door a couple times, hoping that somebody will come and unlock the door for him. Um, but after a couple attempts and no more responses from the man on the other side of the door, props simply asks for the man to hang the phone back up and heads back down. Uh, around an hour later, it was seen that the phone to that room was still off the hook, so they sent a different bellboy up to the room, this time with a master key so that he could unlock the door. Are you ready to hear what he finds when he opens the door? I'm not ready, but I'm, just let's do it anyway. Upon unlocking the door, he was greeted by probably the most horrific sign this man had ever seen. He sees a naked man, the one they knew as Roland T. Owen, unconscious, sprawled out on the bed, just big dick chilling. I was about to say. Yeah. Looking real weird, kind of kind of gangly, kind of fucky. Looks like there's something that he spilled on the bed there. Just tell me he's been insanguinated. He's been chilling in the bed. Uh, but all the lights were off. So... As creeped out as this bellboy was, he still just decides to walk right into the room, hang up the phone for him, and then leave the room without saying anything, despite seeing a naked man covered in something laying on a bed. But it gets worse. 
Oh, good. This is where the real horrifying shit comes in. I was hoping for worse. A mere two hours later, around 10.30 a.m., the phone to his room was off the hook again, and Propst was sent up again, uh, this time with the key so that they could resolve the issue. And this time, this is when poor Propst gets a, a very uncomfortable morning. Propst opens the door to room 1046, and with the light of the hallway illuminating the room ahead of him, he saw the tenant down on his knees and elbows in an almost prayer-like position in front of the door, cradling his head with what appeared to be blood pouring from it. Nope, I'm walking out. I, 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 I'm the bellboy here, okay? They don't pay me to deal with this shit. I'm done. No, you could not be paid enough. I'm done. I'm going downstairs. No I'm going to get my stuff from the locker, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to enroll in community college so that I never have to take a bullshit job like this ever again. I'm done. I'm done. Change my life. Because you're smart. Change my life. I'm done. I'm sorry. They don't pay me enough. Do you want to hear what a significantly less smart man does in this situation? Let's hear it. So, all the lights are off. He sees the bloody man cradling himself in like a a fucking prayer position. (laughs) And he decides, yeah, I could turn on the light. (gasps) Don't turn on that light. Here we go. Which only furthered his horror. Here we fucking go. The man he saw in front of him appeared to be bound, incredibly injured, covered in blood and bruises, and now he was able to see that the bathroom, the bed, the floor, the wall, and the ceiling in the hotel room were all splattered in alarming amounts of blood. Again, I'm done. You're done. What are you doing? I'm done. Thank you. I'm going downstairs. You can handle it, hotel manager. Call the police. I don't care. I don't care. I'm done. I'm gone. <laughs> this is out of my I'm pay grade. I'm going home. Out of my fucking pay grade. I'm out. But see, here's the thing. I'm not even clocking out. You can deal with that later. Exactly. I'm getting paid for this fucking mm-hmm. ride back mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Yeah. Owen was still alive. Oh my God. Cradling himself and bleeding profusely, fading in and out of lucidity and consciousness, but alive. So, Props almost immediately called for help, and shortly after, investigators arrived to the scene. Uh, they interviewed Owen at the scene and asked him who did this, to which he replied, quote, nobody. That's it. He later says, I hit my head on the bathtub. None of this makes sense. And he was rushed to the hospital to have his injuries assessed. I fell down some stairs. Really? Yeah, nobody fucking believes it. Okay, nobody should believe it. Nobody should believe it. Bullshit. Exactly. We know better. So he is rushed to the hospital, and shortly after midnight the following day of January fifth, nineteen thirty-five, Roland T. Owen died after succumbing to his extensive injuries. Now, upon examination, it showed that he had major blunt force trauma to the head, leading to a fractured skull showed signs of being bound at the wrist, ankles, and throat, had multiple stab wounds in his chest, resulting in a punctured lung and violent bruising on his neck. The doctors were able to confirm that these injuries happened about six to seven hours before he was discovered, which was right around the time that his phone had initially been pulled off of its receiver. Okay. Okay. Now, Owen had told investigators that nobody had been in his room with him, So, they started initially looking into it as a suicide. Obviously, 
not a suicide. They were able to, to basically say that's fucking bullshit right away. Yeah. But okay. the other thing... Oh, God, here we go. ...was that they found a set of female fingerprints on the receiver of his phone room as well. Mm. But the weird shit don't stop there. Of course not. Of course not. Why would it? Because this is too scared to sleep, baby. It was also revealed by the authorities of Los Angeles, which is where Roland had said that he was from, that the man known as Roland T. Owen did not exist. There was no record of a Roland T. Owen coming from Los Angeles. Leading investigators to, leading investigators to believe he checked in using an alias, but now they have no idea who this man is. Mysteriously murdered man who checks into a hotel significantly outside of his area of birth and dies mysteriously, gives a fake name, in a hotel for three days, Mm-mm. and fucking does the worst thing you can do to a bellboy. <laughs> um, but with all of these bizarre details adding up, of course, this led to some massive sensationalism. Uh, with numerous people calling into the Kansas City Police, trying to see if the dead man was a missing relative, if there was a friend, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. Nobody was able to correctly identify the body of the dead man. So nobody knows who Roland T. Owen was. Now he's dead. Yes. Multiple injuries. Yeah. Apartment covered in blood. Mm -hmm. Who the fuck is Don? What was for dinner? (laughs) And who was the woman? What are the contents of his stomach? Go ahead. It was... With a candlestick in the library with Mr. Mustard. Colonel Mustard. Well, he got demoted. <laughs> yeah. He lost rides. his commission after yeah. that uh, unfortunate incident. After the incident. In the West Indies. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, nobody is able to identify the dead man for months, so the case went cold. Okay. That is... Until... Until... They announced in one of the local papers, the Newcastle Sun, that they were going to be burying him in a potter's field. Yeah. Uh, and upon this news getting out, the funeral home received two bizarre phone calls. The first from a woman who stated, "You have a story that your paper, you have a story in your paper that is wrong." Oh, great. Roland Owens will not be buried in a pauper's grave. And when asked to elaborate on the true story, she simply responded, Never mind, I know what I'm talking about. He got into a jam. And then she hung up the phone. The other phone call happened about the same time and was from an unidentified man with a deep voice who told them not to bury him like that and he would send over the money for a proper funeral. And a few weeks later, the funeral, home, the funeral home received a newspaper with a stack of money tucked into it, folded up into it, and a single note reading only, Love Forever, Louise. This is fucking weird, man. Yeah. So they give him a proper burial using the money that was sent to him. Thank you, Louise. Thank you, Louise. Um, I don't like where this is going. Just and then so you know. fast forward about a year and a half later... Um, of course, people were still putting out the occasional newspaper article trying to find if there was any information in regards to the identity of the young man. Now, we shoot somewhere else in the country, and a woman named Ruby Ogletree has one of her friends deliver this newspaper to her that includes a sketch of what the young man looked like. 
And Ruby Ogletree, horrified, was able to identify this as her 17-year-old son, Artemis Ogletree. Artemis. Artemis Ogletree, who had left home in, I believe it was 1934, just to go kind of exploring. Um, now, Ruby knew that something was weird with everything that was happening, because in 1935, which ended up being after Artemis's death, Ruby started getting typewritten letters about her son's travels. Uh, basically, somebody trying to sound like Artemis and send letters to his mom so she wouldn't get suspicious, mm -hmm. which struck her as particularly odd, as Artemis didn't know how to use a typewriter. Oh, God. And the writing and diction that he used didn't sound like him at all. Ruby had received several of these letters from Chicago, Europe, New York, and a couple other places throughout the United States and United Kingdom. Furthermore, furthermore, the plot continues to get thick. You know what this feels like? This feels like Knives Out, man. Did you see the set photo for the new one? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I'm super excited. Knives Out is also good. Go watch that if you haven't. Furthermore, we have to stop with this. Keep going. <laughs> in August of 1935, Ruby Ogletree received a phone call where the caller had told her that her son saved someone's life and moved to Egypt where he married a wealthy woman. That sounds bullshit. What is this, an Agatha Christie novel? Yeah, exactly. Oh, you should watch Murder on the Nile and Murder. I haven't seen Murder on the Orient Express. I haven't watched either. Of those. Death on the Nile. Death on the Nile. Gal Gadot. Ah, I love her. Um, so, this was in 1935, before anybody knew that um, Artemis was dead. Um, somebody called to the mom to try to say, oh, your son lives in another country now with a wealthy woman. He's doing great. Saved your life. She's doing fucking awesome. Good for him. Goodbye. Click. That doesn't track, but whatever. Go ahead. doesn't track at all. Now, although Artemis... Uh, had been identified. Um, it was, like I said, about a year and a half after he had been buried. Um, but he had been identified. Here's the thing, though. Here's the deal. The mystery of his murder was never solved. And eventually drifted back into obscurity. The person he talked to on the phone, Don, was never identified. Nor was the woman whose fingerprints were found on the phone in Ogletree's hotel room. The anonymous person who paid for Ogletree's funeral and the note from Louise remain a mystery as well. Nobody knows who the fuck any of these people are. And it was found out that the boy had stayed in another Kansas City hotel with a man who was never identified, but no additional details were given about this. Yeah. So throughout the years, there have been a whole bunch of different, uh, basically theories about like his death, who did it, why they did it. Um, some say that the young man was involved in organized crime, um, owed money to drug dealers or gangsters. Uh, others say that he was killed by a jilted lover after being unfaithful to his fiance, and maybe that's the female that did it. Maybe so. Um, or maybe Don was the jilted lover. Who knows? Not everything has to be heteronormative. That's right. Um, others say that he was killed by a jilted lover after breaking off a relationship. Um, however, investigators were never able to have an official suspect in the murder, and it seemed that discovering the real identity of the murdered man only raised more questions. This Definitely. entire time, they never even had a suspect to question. That's right. Fucking mystery. 17-year-old kid shows up under a fake name, 
dies gruesomely and nobody knows anything about it and that's the fucking thing that's the case of artemis ogletree that's all we know there is no ending to it it is currently a that was case. it it's currently a, yeah it's currently an unsolved mystery i hate you dylan i know why would you do that to me because it was fucking wild is that all we've got on artemis ogletree and then it literally just ends they identified him his funeral was paid for that's it that's the closest thing to closure that anybody gets Artemis Ogletree murdered. The killer got away with it because it was 1935 and you know they are dead as fuck. <laughs> That's just so weird. Yeah. Because it's 1935 and you can murder anybody and get away with it because who the fuck is doing anything in 1935? You could literally go fucking graffiti your name in blood and they wouldn't be able to fucking find you. That's true. So much easier to be a serial killer back then. Holy shit, speaking of serial killers, I thought, I forgot, I was going to mention this before I got started, but now we get a little little cherry on top of my story here. Have you heard about Bandera? Bandera here in Bandera? Yeah. No, tell me. They think there's an active serial killer in Bandera right now. Wait. Why didn't you talk about that? I completely forgot. I just, I just I distinctly the, remember the asking anything else going on, Dylan, and you said, no, <laughs> nothing's really going on. I've just been really busy. Yeah. I've been really busy with my teeth and my tattoos and my crippling depression. I Dylan, mean, that, that all sounds you like me. St- I know. You start off with active serial killer an hour away. Why aren't we really right now gathering clues gathering in the mystery the, machine, like the also fuck? known as my piece of shit Toyota Camry? Okay, for one thing, we right. would ride to Bandera and collect our clues that way because we're cool as fuck. Ride at dawn. We ride at dawn, baby. <gasps> we do. But yes, I think last I heard, I think it was three victims they found so far. Each one, a young girl who was like mort or not mortified, um, mutilated and left like on the side of the road. There's an active serial killer an hour the away. The police are saying that they don't want to jump to conclusions about there being a serial killer and that people talking about this could be spreading misinformation but like three in a row that are all mutilated similarly and dumped in the same area of bandera that sounds very much like a series of killer of killings that sounds like a series of killings to me a serial killer a serial killer indeed um, but yeah, so the way too sheriff's office wrote that it's working with Bandera and Real counties for mo- the multiple missing persons cases um, that have been found out to be murders. Um, but they have pretty much no idea. Um, well, oh my God. Well, yeah, so this is a Ken's five article about it. Um, the gender wasn't immediately identifiable. And it's unclear how long the remains may have been there. Dylan, we need to go there. We could start interviewing people. Oh my god, we can get the school. (gasps) Jake, are we going to become like Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler? I want to become like Jake Gyllenhaal in Zodiac. That's actually Robert Grayson. Yeah, nice. Good call. Oh, Zodiac's my jam. Um, but yeah, so officials say that they are approaching the case as a homicide, but in the remote, usually peaceful setting, the idea of a murder has been unsettling. Of course not. Yeah. Oh my god. 
but people were looking for a lost wallet and called in that they thought they found a human body. We need to solve this case. Yeah. So locals are saying that they're thinking that it's a serial killer uh, and there's some growth and development moving in and increase in crime isn't surprising, but it is disturbing. Um, it keeps getting closer and closer and it's so scary, someone said. Uh, a Bandera County Sheriff's Office spokesman said that the remains were so badly decomposed they couldn't immediately speculate on the identity of the victim, but they do have an open missing persons case on a woman who was last seen a few miles away several months ago. That was Jordan Tompkins, 25, who disappeared on April 22nd. They, I, as far as I know, I don't think they've confirmed that that's who it is. Um... But if it turns out to not be, then that could be just another thing. Um, Bandera doesn't even have a medical examiner, so they're awaiting autopsy results from a firm in Lockhart. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, so far they have no new information about Dylan, the case. Dylan, we could just go and start interviewing survivors and stuff. Oh my god, why is this happening? Because you're a piece of shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> god damn. All right. I was kidding. You know I love you. Like a son. Thanks, Papa. Alright, we gotta put more... You need to research that and put more information into it. Of yeah. All things for you to forget to talk about. Oh, yeah, my way, bad. My bad. Serial killer. Yeah, and there may be an active serial killer. So that one's on me. Forgot to forgot to drop that one. Um, so yeah, there's also that. So you get a, a tiny little... Uh, a little morsel at the end there, too. But I will keep you updated as I find out more information on the case. That sounds awesome. The boys are on the case. Oh, my God. Yeah! All right. We're going to take a short break, <laughs> and then we'll be back for my topic. Hell yeah. Okay, and now we're back. Hello. Hi. And welcome. We were watching a movie. Shut the fuck up, Siri. Shut up, robot. Oh, my God, Siri. Shut up. I'm not talking to you right now. Anyway, we're watching a movie about spelunking and cave diving and stuff like that. The reason that I put it on is because I'm going to be talking about a cave. Mm. We're going to be talking about the Nutty Putty Cave. <laughs> no, we're fucking not. What's that? <clears throat> it's called the Nutty Putty Cave, my friends. It's um. It's too much whimsy in that name. I know it's you. It's located in Utah, and it was first explored in 1960, and it became quickly famous for its narrow and slippery passageways, twists turns and squeezes and lots and lots of clay which is why they call it the nutty putty cave because it's just like just like you know well other than the clay sounds like my kind of woman so different parts of the cave are named accordingly there's a part called the birth canal there's a part called the aorta crawl there's a part called the scout eater i don't know why it's called that that sounds horrible the scout eater the scout God, eater. damn that's fucking dope Oof. If um, I become a cryptid, that's what I want to be called. The Scout Eater. And there's also a part called the Maze. Um, there is a whole... I'm not sure if you guys guys know this yet or not, but there's a whole subset of weirdos out there that are strangely attracted to Mothman and are not ashamed to talk about clapping Mothman's cheeks. You say that like it's not us. I'm not... I don't want to have sex with Mothman at all. But if you knew it was friendly... And that Mothman wouldn't give you like any sort of weird STDs and was consenting. I was afraid you would say that. Uh huh. Uh huh. You you're gonna you're really gonna fucking tell me you wouldn't take the opportunity to Listen. share a no to, no, no. no no I'm no, not no. Ta- I'm not. This talking is one about, of those things that we don't need to talk about. I'm not talking about don't... just fucking the. Mo- I'm talking about making love <laughs> with the Mothman. 
I think that we need to put talking about having sex with cryptids on the list of things that we're not allowed to talk You're about. You're going to keep adding things onto the list until we have nothing left. This is who we are. I don't want to ha- talk about the, the cryptids that we would have sex with. Why not? There's a very clear line. Because maybe I already have a list. I fucking knew it! In my mind. Uh-huh. I just, I like, I fucking knew the it. minute you said that, the list started to populate itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cryptids that I would not have sex with. Jersey Devil's a no. Jersey Devil's... Bigfoot is a no because of the smell. A female Bigfoot? The smell, though. Or the musky smell? What if it doesn't smell that way? That's, like, a big thing, is that the Bigfoot smells bad. If the Bigfoot didn't smell that bad... We're assuming that all of these monsters are over the age of 18 and consenting and have the mental capacity to consent is how we're approaching this. Right. Non-smelly Bigfoot, maybe. Smelly Bigfoot, everybody, I mean, not everybody talks about this, about Bigfoot having the musk. Most people do. Never mind. Uh Uh-huh. All right. Bigfoot's off there. I don't know why I'm arguing that Bigfoot, that I would be, that I'd fuck Bigfoot (laughs) if Bigfoot didn't stink. It's good to know where you stand on it, though. Um, okay, Mothman, obvious yes. Now, here's a good one for you, though. The Fresno Nightcrawlers. No, the Fresno, Fresno Nightcrawlers. I'm going to say no, because the Fresno Nightcrawlers are in the same level of, like, um, gentle giant, like, emus, um, llamas, see, alpacas. Okay, that's kind of um, where I was at. Um, yeah, I don't see Fresno Nightcrawlers as being they have like a sentient enough that you would... That you, no. Yeah, even if they could like verbally, can I just I wouldn't. Did you watch Lamb? It. No, I haven't watched oh, it. Oh god, yet. it was fucking weird. All right, keep going. All right, so Fresno Nightcrawlers, no, but um, Mothman and Sasquatch, female Sasquatch for me. It's got to be female Sasquatch. Well, it's got to be a female Sasquatch. You can't get the fucking Sasquatch dick in there. Oh, I'm not okay with that. Uh, Braxy, either way. Yes. Hard yes. I'm not. A, I'm not bi, or gay. Neither am I. But we're we're okay. open enough with our sexuality that we are just throwing out hypotheticals. That's true. I mean, it's all hypothetical. You're never gonna meet a Jersey Devil that you can fuck. No. Not that you would, because that's a hard pass for me. We already said no to Jersey Devil. Yeah. And also no to like all the animal ones, like Chupacabra. Yeah. Obviously no. <sighs> Loch Ness monster. <sighs> Who else? Who else is on your list of who you would fuck? You're so weird about this. Um, I actually, I don't have that big of a list of ones that I would fuck because I'm not a weirdo. List of I cryptids. just have the normal amount of monsters I would fuck in my list. Are you looking up cryptids that you could fuck? Mm. I'm not going to put list of cryptids that we would fuck. I'm going to look up list of fuckable cryptids. I guarantee you at least one. You go ahead. Now do a list of the most fuckable cryptids. Fuckable cryptids on Reddit course they are let's hear it never mind that one's putting me on blast what is it uh list of the most fuckable cryptids none of them what is wrong with you people do you want to get teleported to some shadow dimension exactly get turned completely inside out be targeted by unseen forces evaporate into thin air give birth to some heckled up hybrid get reported for bestiality Mm -hmm. you still want to fuck a yeti don't you why am i even trying Mm mm-hmm that's that list. But there is one of fuckable cryptids um, on Reddit, so let's find out. A harpy. Um, Harpy's then, a yes. Siren. Siren's also a yes. We. I was talking, and now we're off on a tangent. Yeah. Good with your list of fuckable cryptids. My god. 
Mm, somebody says vampires, but I don't think that that counts. That doesn't count. Everyone would fuck a vampire. These are just... Now, see, these are just... These are monsters. I don't think that... This isn't just cryptids. They just threw a fucking... This tangent fizzled. Way oh, Goatman. No. No? Okay. Half man, half goat, full, full erection. erection. Yeah, good callback. Um, Dylan yeah. talked about the Goatman once, and he was talking about how it looked like a satyr with a giant erect penis in a lot of the... A lot of the iconography, and I said, you mean like a half man, half goat, full erection. Yep. And that became the title of that. Go back and listen to our episodes. They don't sound the best, but we got some good zingers in there. So gross. Skinwalker. I'm kind of leaning towards yes. Someday someone I know is going to listen to this. Don't they already? Doesn't your family listen to this? this. I'm not going to confirm or deny that I would have. No. No, we're All not right. doing this. No. All right. I refuse. I know he's a creepy pasta, but Slenderman. Where do you stand on that one? No. It's a no. Okay. Good to know. I don't want to have sex with anybody who's male. I'm sorry. We could say that they're female. A female Slenderman. I'm not okay with it. There's got to be like a good Slenderman female creepy pasta. Like exactly. Fucking exactly. Uh, Nazis hate when you point that out too. Yeah, they are. Can I go Not on to the Nutty Putty Cave? Loki. Yes, please talk about your Christ. nut cave. Okay. The reason that we're going to be talking about the Nutty Putty Cave is because of a particular occurrence. Okay. Sorry, I lost his name there for a minute because I lost it. This is why we're talking about it. We're going to be talking about John Edward Jones and his trip into the Nutty Putty Cave. Okay. Okay. John Edwards, Edward Jones was a young man from a Mormon family. Oh, that's how they get you. Mormons in caves. Something he had like plenty of like. caving experience in the past. Let me find out how old he was. I'm sorry. I lost some vital stats. I don't know where it went to. I think I hit like... You moved out of that tab so that you could look up fuckable cryptids. I did. That's what happened. Yeah. That's what happened. That's how we get you. Mm-hmm. God. Anyway, all right. Oh, he's born in uh, January of 83. Okay. So, yeah. He was born in January 83 in 2009, so he's 26 years old at the time. Um, he had gone, he'd gone caving with his family. Most of his spelunking was done when he was a kid, though. His father frequently took him and his younger brother, Josh, on caving trips all over Utah. Nice Mormon family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds like that. Now, it had been years since John was in any cave. Um, he was six feet tall and 200 pounds at the time. Um, his brother was there with him. Um, he actually grew up in a family of five boys and two girls. He had 16 nieces and nephews. He was a devout Christian. He was a Mormon. And according to Mormonist space, Jesus, it's not the same. He was, uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. He's a lover of Jesus' gospel. <sighs> None of this helped him. None of this. None of this is going to help. We don't need to know which brand of space Jesus he wants to fuck most. No, John was. St- You'd fuck an angel, of course you would. You would fuck a demon. I have one of each on my chest, so the answer is very obviously yes. Mm-hmm. Any celestial being. Be not afraid. All right. Uh, at the time, he was studying to become a pediatric cardiologist because, of course, he was. 
God. He'd recently become a father and his wife was pregnant with their second child because he's Mormon and you know, it's not enough to have two. You got to have 19 of those kids. But on November 24th of 2009, John and Josh decided to rekindle their love for caving and picked the Nutty Putty Cave as their next conquest. It was 8 o'clock at night on a Wednesday, just a few days before Thanksgiving when they arrived at the cave site. They weren't alone. They were actually with a party of nine friends and acquaintances who had joined them. Um, everything was smooth for about an hour. The party had explored the largest room in the cave um, called the Big Slide. Soon, John, Josh, and two of their friends decided to take up the challenge um, that they had heard of passing through this one part called the Birth Canal. It was a very narrow and challenging passageway that eventually opens up into a larger room. Um, I was going to say, as an aside, there's a place here in San Antonio called Natural Bridge Caverns. Yes, I was just talking about Natural Bridge Caverns. Nav actually. Natural Bridge Caverns is really cool. They actually have a spelunking tour that you can go on. Ooh, that's cool. That's really cool. You go there, and they take you like they take you around like the visitor center and all the all the touristy shit. And they've got like a they've got like a temporary building. They used to. This is what I did. I went on it back in the early 2000s. Um, they take you over there and they give you a um, spelunking helmet and a jumpsuit, and they tell you to wear you know app you know good good footwear some gloves, and um, they give you all of the do's and don'ts, and then they take you down into one of the well. What they were doing was they were digging for bat guano. They were trying to find bat caves Gross. at the time because guano you know you can use it for fuel and fertilizer, and so they would drill these pilot holes just straight down, just giant pilot holes about the size of a manhole. Um, and they drilled one of these and they found a cave and they dropped down into it and they found the stalactites and the stalagmites and they realized there weren't any bats there, but it was pretty cool. So as part of the spelunking tour, you can actually get lowered down into one of the cave sections in that mine shaft. And it is claustrophobic. That sounds tight as fuck. Yeah. You have to go like this. And if you put your arms out like this, you will, you will stop yourself. Oh shit. Like, that's how tight it is. Damn, that's fucking crazy. And then it just drops you down. It's super cool. Okay. That, I I would do that once, I think. It was really cool to go. Yeah, that sounds fucking awesome. Apart from that part, I mean, everything else is like, I would say like a like a level two difficulty. It wasn't really, a, there wasn't a lot of stuff. I mean, it's very well worn and you're not going to get caught anywhere, get stuck anywhere. You're not going to find any of those creatures from the descent. No, there aren't any creatures from the descent. Damn it. There's nothing there. One of these days. We'll oh, get there. That would be nice. Okay, so back to the Nutty Putty Cave. I can't say Nutty Putty enough. Yeah, no, please get back to the Nutty Putty. John Jones. Oh, my God. But not Jesus. that John Jones. Goes first. He wiggles down and forward for some time, but he did not see the larger area. So he's going through this, like, really narrow area. And he's, like, pulling himself by his hands and his feet. He's just, like... Grabbing, 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 inching forward, trying to figure out, like, he thinks he's going down into this birth canal, and then he's supposed to open up, like, it's supposed to level out and open up into this larger cave area. He continued to inch forward, but the narrow passage did not come to an end. Instead, the squeeze made a sharp downward turn. Okay, but he still thinks he's okay. Confidently, John pressed forward, perhaps noticing that the tunnel got wider at the bottom, but it was already too late. Oh, no. He ends up getting stuck. Oh, like he's no. breathing in, trying to push forward, breathing in, trying to push forward. And he gets to a spot where he's stuck. He's physically stuck and can't go forward. Mm -hmm. He's got one arm back like this and one arm forward. And he's almost completely 90 degrees with his feet up and his head down. 
I cannot do that. Absolutely. And he had no room to turn around. He didn't even have enough room to wriggle back out the way that he came. He had to try to press forward. He tried to exhale exhale the air in his chest so that he could fit through a space that was barely 10 inches across and 18 inches high, about the size of the opening of your clothes dryer. God damn. But when John inhaled again and his chest puffed out again, he got stuck for good. Oh, no. I don't like the for good. I don't like the finality of that statement. Mm-hmm. So it had actually gone wrong 50 feet earlier. Oh, fucking of course it did. It's unclear from the conflicting sources on the internet whether John entered the birth canal and accidentally turned and wriggled into the scout eater or if he had missed the birth canal entirely and crawled into another passageway. But we'll post the, we'll post the map. Oh, please do. Okay. Um... But he had missed the birth canal and he'd crawled into Ed's push. Ed's push does not lead to a larger room. It does not lead anywhere. How does Ed feel about this? Ed doesn't feel good about it. At least nowhere near a six foot, 200 pound man can fit. Yikes. Ed's push has four uncharted passageways at its end, but they are all too small for a human. If he instead pushed into the scout eater... It similarly had a small passageway that doesn't lead anywhere. But in any case, John kept pushing through until he couldn't continue. To top things off, he had wriggled into a fissure that went nearly straight down, which made him unable to turn back on his own. The narrow crevice he was trapped in measured 10 by 18, the size of blah, 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 front-loading washing machine, like I said earlier. Except it wasn't a perfect circle and he was stuck in the tightest part of the opening. Trapped more than 100 feet below the ground and deep inside the cave, all John could do was wait and pray to space Jesus. Oh my God. Who's just doing a lot around here to make himself so well known. Uh, Miracles happen so often now. Yeah, if I were ever going to go cave diving, spelunking, um, maybe even just to Natural Bridge Caverns, I would carry a gun because the minute I get stuck, I will be painting that cavern wall. You big dummy. No, I'm not doing it. You think I can fucking like those fucking kids in that movie? You think I can last fucking what was it? 20 days almost. They were down there for like 19 days. Fucking underground with no food and icky, gross water. Fuck no. I got sensory issues. I can't be doing all that shit. I can't, I don't know, I can't be touching certain materials. I can't sleep if I'm not comfortable with my rain sounds. I can't fucking do it. I will paint the, paint the cavern. You got a touch of the tism. (laughs) You're probably right. It doesn't matter. I love you either way. I'm very proud of who you are. Thank you. Even though I still just cringe at all of the tattoos and just everything you've done to your body. You know what makes them really uncomfortable? When I do this. Oh, I pulled it out. Oh, no. There we go. Well. I'm sure it smells gross, too. No, it doesn't. I actually clean them regularly. Because I'm not icky. Oh, wait. These are cool, though. Hold on. If it smells like unwashed belly button, I'm No, it doesn't. I fucking... I wash my shit. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Keep going. Hold on. We need to stop talking. We need to stop talking. You never... Damn it. You can't really see it. These glow in the dark really bright. Congratulations. I wanted to show the people at home, because some people love me how I am. I told you that I do. It's (laughs) just really difficult for me to look at you sometimes. I'm like, oh my god, he's got so many tattoos all over his body. How are you ever going to become a bank president? I'm going to own my own tattoo shop. And I'm going to make more money than you 
and I'm going to buy you a nice house that you can live in and live the rest of your days. I was going to say, what, what what makes you think that I'm not going to like be a partner with you in the tattoo shop? You can be my counter girl. Oh, yes. I'll just I'll start ordering the skimpy tartan uh, skirts right now. Yeah. And, and the cutoff. Yeah. To, to show off my girlish midriff. Yeah. Get Shut up. Something real low cut to show off the heart. Jesus Christ. We can do uh, bikini Nobody wants car to see wash that. with you. No one will help. No one will pay to see that. I will pay you to make people see that. No one will come in. Oh, you know what? Your uh, your friend Tanner pierced my niece's cartilage. Oh, the helix. No, yeah. not the helix. Right? What is this? Oh, the inside, like the yeah, the, the bowl or the the bowl, the the bowl. Oh, right there. Oh, oh, that bottom part. Oh, okay, yeah. What yeah, is yeah. that? I I don't know what that. Whatever. Was. I don't know. He he got it for it last week. Hell yeah. The same night that I was over there and you did this to me. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, Tanner's the one who did my lip. And um, Tanner ha- Tanner only has like two more piercings to do before he's they're like done with the apprenticeship. Oh, my God. Um, so Then um, they will be a Jedi. They, they can be a Jedi, a member of the council. No, just a Jedi. Just a Jedi. Not granted the rank of master, not yeah. just yet. Um, but yeah, I'm going to let Tanner pierce the Ashley, the one that goes through the lip, and then a surface piercing somewhere. I don't know what that means. Uh, you know the anti-eyebrow? I don't want to look at it. Where they like pierce under, or you can do like the collarbones. I'm okay. Listen, like that. I'll get a tattoo all day long. Not a all piercing day long. guy? I'm not not even like the classic like diamonds. Diamonds. My son said, my son was talking about how he wanted to get his ears pierced last year, and I was like, I'll do it with you in solidarity, but I've never wanted to get pierced. Okay, but at the shop, we do have, like, the only earrings we have are, like, they're studs, but they're triangle diamonds of, like, different sizes. You could get the big ones, he could get the small ones, and you guys can match. I'm not going to get my ears pierced. I have a professional job. So? You can have your ears pierced? I'm not going to pierce my ears. Pierce your eyebrow. No, that's that's not a good look for me. Get... Oh, no, you can... So, one of the things I want to do is get three helix ones where it's, like, right on the ridge there because I want to look like the decorative swords that have the, the the hoops on them. You mean, like, the ones that they put through the jalapenos at first cafeteria? I don't know. I've never eaten there. They used to, they used to have jalapenos at the, end of the, at the end of the line and have these little plastic swords through them. Nice. Nice. And my dad would get them, and then we would play with the swords. And then if you put it in the mouth, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, it's so spicy. This is when I was a small child. We've got... Would you stop slowing me down? I didn't do anything. Stop it. You're the one who brought People up People have stopped listening like to I this do. bullshit podcast because of us. <laughs> Nobody's listening anymore. Well, okay. To all Listen to me. Listen to me. You. John Jones is still stuck in the Nutty Putty Cave. Okay? It's not like he's going And he's anywhere. praying for the Lord Jesus to save him. How's that going to go for him? We're going to find out. If you'll stop interrupting me. All right, so Josh's brother, who was following him, um, was the first one to find John. He was anxious of how much the rock had swallowed him. Josh tried to pull him out, but only managed to inch him up a little bit. As soon as he let John go, he slid right back into the crevice. John was stuck with one hand, like I told you, pinned underneath him, Mm -hmm. and the other forced back. His ankles and feet were free, but they were of little use as gravity was pushing him down. They both said a quick prayer, and Josh hurried back to the ground, hurried back up. 
as fast as he could, slowly wiggling out of the tight passage and rushing to the surface. Once outside, he quickly called for help while their friends stayed. Back in two, now, this had happened before. Back in 2004, two Boy Scouts had nearly lost their lives in separate incidences in the same area of Nutty Putty Cave where John had become trapped. The two Boy Scouts had become trapped within a week of each other. In one of the cases, rescue crews took 14 hours to free a 16-year-old scout, but the kid was five foot seven and weighed 140 pounds. John is six foot tall and weighs something or other. Two hundred. It's like 200 pounds, I think you said. It's a bad idea. So officials had closed Nutty Putty Cave in 2004, soon, soon after the Boy Scout incident, and the only, they had only reopened it in, for six months in 2009 when John and his family got decided to go in there. He's still stuck. Damn. The first person to arrive to help was named Susan, something or other. She was a local rescue volunteer who immediately dropped everything she was doing when she received the message on her rescue pager and rushed to the scene. She arrived sometime around midnight. It was now more than three hours since John had been trapped deep inside the cave. Susan took no time to reach John because of how small and agile she was. She says to him, hi, John, my name is Susie. How's it going? He says, hi, Susie. Thanks for coming. But I really, really want to get out. Understandably so. Within the next few hours, tens and tens of rescuers arrived, like dozens of people. The team quickly brainstormed a plan, and after a plan, they're trying to figure this out. They're they're discussing everything, even lubing the walls of the cave, until they decided to use a rescue rope that passes through a series of climbing cams with one end of the rope tied around John's legs and the other end pulled by the team. Because it's not just like a straight shot. It's all of these little back and forth and up and down and stuff like that and trying to figure out exactly how to do it. Um, at the same time, they also tried drilling away chunks of rock near John, but the hard material and the awkward position made drilling a slow and painful work. In over an hour, they had only managed to drill a couple of inches of rock, so it's just not, not going to happen. Yeah, that's not worth it. The position of John's body also complicated things. He was trapped nearly upside down, um, and the ceiling above the feet hanged so low, the rescuers couldn't just pull him out as his feet would get in the way. So it wasn't even a straight pull up. Time passed as rescuers worked frantically and failed with their first system of climbing cams. Then they tried to use a rope pulley system, anchoring the pulleys with bolts, drilling uh, drilling the bolts deep into the cave, cave walls. One of the rescuers working on the pulley system in the Nutty Putty Cave um, was talking about how everything was made more difficult by how narrow the cave was. Even though there was a large team of rescuers, volunteers, emergency services, and rescue rescue helicopters, a big pandemonium outside, only one person at a time could actually directly access John. And he's right fucking behind him. Damn. At one point, they brought in a two-way cable radio into the cave and managed to lower it to him so he could speak with his wife, who was near the cave entrance on the surface. They were both agitated but comforting each other. And talking. Well, at least you got that. At least you got that. At this point, when that had happened, John had been trapped upside down for 19 hours. Oh, God. Everything changed when the rescuers finally finished installing their fucking pulley system and started pulling John out. They worked in an eight-man tandem, all tugging as one. John was at times in great pain, so they had to make frequent pauses. But each time they pulled, they managed to pull John up a bit more. I would be like, listen... No matter how much I scream, just no matter what I me. say, just keep doing it. Just, just do it. Don't shit. listen to me. Don't listen to me. Yeah. I'm the idiot that got trapped in a cave. You should not be taking advice from me right now. 
After pulling him upwards the third time, John was finally lifted high enough so that he could make eye contact with the rescuer closest to him. Oh, shit. Okay. He looked tired. His eyes were red and his face was dirty, but he seemed fine. How are you? The rescuer said. He says, it sucks. I'm upside down. I can't believe I'm upside down. My legs are killing me. Oh, my God. Love that. Hey, how's it going? How Mm -hmm. you doing, man? The rescuer saw that even though John was complaining, he had a smile on his face. They took another rest period and then they decided to continue pulling John up because he was almost out. The Lord answers prayers. I don't like the way that you were like holding your head. I'm waiting for this other shoe to drop. Sometimes when sometimes when people pray to the Lord Jesus, he answers their prayers. Does he though? Doesn't he? Amazing grace. No, No, don't do this. How sweet the sound. This has just been an elaborate fucking con to try to convert me. Saved a wretch like me. I like this. I once was lost, but now I am found. Was blind, but this. now I see Mary. Uh, Mary's probably the only person who'll watch our fu- our podcast ever again, and she's singing along with me. I know that. Guarantee. <laughs> Fucking PTSD right now. Jesus. I am having PTSD. Oh God. You- Went into a fucking Look, trance. The Lord Jesus is is on John's side. His guardian angel is there with him. I don't believe you. You shouldn't believe me. I Because I don't believe in God anymore. And I don't oh, believe you for a fucking minute. <laughs> when the rescuer team pulled John fo- upward a fourth time, something happened. Did it like oh did it rip him in half? No, disaster strikes. No, stop it. Stop the entire team fell backward as the rope suddenly went loose in their hands. The, re- the closest Uh-oh. rescuer felt something hard hit his face, and he passed out for a second. When he came to, he saw nothing but dust. Once the dust settled a bit, he realized the stone arch near John's legs, where the rope was tied around, had shattered, and the nearest key bolt had broken off. He couldn't make it out. He couldn't make out in the dust where exactly John was, but soon he realized John had slid right down the crevice again. And this no. time, he was even deeper than before. Oh, no. Oh, my boy, John. Oh, you fucked up, buddy. Oh, boy. No thoughts and prayers. No thoughts and prayers. Only darkness and chaos. Damn. The rescuer who was closest to him severe, suffered severe facial injuries from the impact with a metal carabiner and couldn't con- continue his rescue efforts, so he had to switch places with his dad, who was also on the rescue team. When they reached John, he realized that John's breathing was much more shallow and less frequent, and he was struggling to stay alive. The rescuer called for John but received no response. Desperate, he tried to lower himself into the crevice to put the rope around John's waist, but he got stuck himself. No! God damn it! After finally wriggling himself free, he drilled a new hole for the pulley and crawled out of the cave, exhausted, to be replaced by yet another rescuer who reached John but couldn't make contact with him. Now, I don't know whether I put it on here or not. The problem that they were having is he's stuck like this for like almost 20 fucking hours, and his heart is having to work overtime. Yeah. To pump the blood. Yeah. Because usually what happens is, yeah, usually the blood gets to your head and it comes back down because of gravity, but it's going the other way and it's pumping. It's having to pump twice as hard just to keep the blood circulating through the body. (sighs) 
soon after this happened, after this fourth attempt, and they almost had him, and he slid down in the breathing shallow, a medical professional crawled into the cave and reached John. At midnight, November 25th, John was pronounced dead at the scene, 26 years old. A total of 137 rescuers worked for 27 hours to try to save John, but had to leave the tragic site with empty hands and heavy hearts. One of them had one of them told the media that this was his toughest rescue in his 29 years, 29 years of being a search and rescue rescue volunteer. The next day, the authorities determined that it was too difficult and dangerous to get his to get John's body out of the of the cave. So the Nutty Putty Cave was closed, um, and they decided they, they would just leave him there. And a week after that, pu- public authorities decided to close the cave permanently. And it has been sealed ever since. And then his family paid to have a plaque put there in remembrance of him at the entrance to the Nutty Putty Cave. Fuck, dude. And he died. And he's still there. That fucking sucks. Pull him out almost all the way and then slips right back down and fucking dies. You had victory within your fucking grasp. And we were so close to greatness. Damn. It's a lot of unhappy endings for this episode. It's so nice to be back. I wish that I wasn't so nihilistic. Like I said earlier, I wish that I could really believe wholeheartedly in a benevolent being that's up there. But that shit was a cruel joke. That was just disrespectful to give him the hope of like, oh yeah, you're almost there, buddy. Nah, JK. Yeah, that's just disrespectful. That's real fucked up. Damn, son. Rest in peace, John Jones. Rest in peace, John Jones. In the Nutty Putty Cave. In the Nutty Putty Cave. He's down there still. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. Oh, yeah. Dude, two kids. He's got a widow and two kids. Damn, man. That is unfortunate. Mm -hmm. And why you should never go in caves. Ever. Just stop going in caves, guys. Natural Bridge Caverns, that's fine. What in the white person is this? That's that's exactly what it is. What in the white person is this shit? It, uh, it does not go well. No, so it does not. So just stop. No, stop going into caves. Just stop. Obviously. If you ever get the urge to go into a cave, watch The Descent. Watch As Above, So Below. Watch, what was it, 13 Lives. 13 Lives. Think about John Jones and then fucking Nutty Putty Cave. Just think about what... Think about how the disrespect... <laughs> the disrespect is... Like <laughs> that my final saying. resting place is called the, the Nutty Putty Cave. I will... Mm, imagine sucks. if, like, if you come back as a ghost because you died in extreme turmoil. Um, and you and have to haunt there? You have to haunt an empty cave that's been shut down so nobody's going up there. So you're just wandering around a fucking pile of bones and rocks forever. How do you finish your unfinished business? Mm-mm. God, that's terrible. Okay, yeah. well, I feel like an empty shell. Yikes. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Very good. You're welcome. We're back, America. We're back. All right, guys. We're very excited to be back. We will have another episode soon. I'm going to be out of town on yes. Monday, so we won't be able to record then, but we'll figure something out. Yeah. Um, and we'll see. You know, I'm still working a lot, so it may be touch and go in a couple weeks, but we'll try to do it. Every week, every other week, something like that. We want to be more active. I want to be more active. I want to do do some shit. Um, I want to make y'all excited again. I want to get some ads, get people interested in us. But it's all about the drive, baby. Yeah. 
All right, we're gonna we're gonna stop now. We're gonna watch Haymaker again. <laughs> oh my God, not the fucking Haymaker! I wish that that movie's still living rent free in my mind. I wish it was a better movie. As soon as I walked in here, and I heard the TV going, I got the flash. I got the Haymaker flashbacks. I was like, oh, I know whatever's going on in there. We're gonna finish that fucking movie. We're gonna get too invested in it, and we're gonna start recording at we fucking nine thirty because. We're too involved in a fucking Ron Howard movie. It was or a, a good boxing movie. movie. It was a compelling movie. I'm excited to see what we're gonna play in two weeks. <laughs> we'll see. So we'll see. It's a shitty be, movie. Let's hope it's not fucking Blade Runner 2049. <gasps> we'll be here all night. I'm halfway through Dune. We could finish watching that. Oh my god, I yes, love Dune. Of course Dune. I am. Of course I am. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully, you're, hopefully you're back. Please thank you. like and subscribe and share and talk about us yeah tell your friends we we are trying to be on top of shit we're trying to be consistent want to make this a real fucking thing again um so let people know that's on you we're moving and grooving accountability we're doing our shit that's right all right guys from dylan my co-host my name is jake and we hope we've left you too scared to sleep